Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Side of Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Cody Del Mendo today. Adam cannot make it again, so we have Cody filling in. He's been a frequent guest on the show. Him and I are going to cover a very interesting week, to say the least. The last time this show aired, it was during that Phillies game where they were getting murdered. Cole Hamels was getting shelled. Uh, so we're going to start with the game after and move forward. And as you could probably know already, it's going to be a roller coaster, but a lot of positives to talk about as well. Uh, so, uh, Cody, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. It's been a while since I've been on. I want to say the last time I was on, it was uh, somewhere in like, it was either late April or in May. And it seemed like at the time the Cubs were rolling. They were, mm-hmm. they looked like they're going to run away with the division because they were playing so well. And then, you know, we've watched how things have played out over the last couple of months. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a roller coaster ride so far as we all expected. And I mean, as Cub fans, I feel like you can't have it any other way. Um, but as for myself overall, I mean, I'm doing pretty good. Um, been a lot of things going on in my life lately so uh, it's nice to finally get back on and uh, talk about the Cubs because the only time I'm really talking about them is on Twitter and that's about it (laughs) yeah it's always uh relaxing even if it's the Cubs to talk about baseball so yeah really good to have you back Uh, just a reminder to all our fans listening uh for the first time Cody is another fellow writer at Cubby's Crib so Uh, Be sure to check out his work there. Um, Him and I have worked together for quite some time now. So, yeah, really good to have you back, Cody. Let's just get right into it. Uh, So I wanted to start with the bad first, the negative first, because if we're going chronologically here, the bad starts first. Uh, Picking up where we left off from the last time we hosted a show, like I said, it was during that blowout where Cole Hamels got blasted. So, you know, we already covered that. It's what happened the next night that I think is going to be a topic of conversation for a long time, just in in the baseball world, because of how it went down, the type of comeback it was for the Phillies and who hit it. And as you know, I'm talking about the Bryce Harper walk-off home run against the Cubs, which, Cody, I don't know about you, so I want you to weigh into this. To me, that was the most gut-wrenching loss since Joe Madden took over. What are your thoughts on that? Uh. Yeah, I mean, as far as regular season goes, I mean, that I don't I can't think of a loss that hurt more. I mean, we're, if we're talking this year, I, I rank that one at the top. And then right after it, you got to go with that. Uh, the Kimbrel blown save in Milwaukee. Yeah, that was um, awful. Like, I thought that was bad. But then you give up six runs in the ninth inning and a walk off grand slam by Bar- from Bryce Harper, a guy that like the. I don't. We all know it was never really a a thing that was really going to happen because of all the talk of not having any money over the off season. But like going into the off season, it, there had been so much talk about how the Cubs would be in play for Bryce Harper, and then they didn't get him. They didn't even really try to get him, and now he's in Philly. And the Philly, like Philadelphia in general, this year has just been like terrible for Chicago sports. So if you're gonna, if we want to talk about that yeah. that Bears game. And like, I'm, I'm just, I'm so tired of that city. Like it, I I can't anymore with them. Like if the Cubs have to somehow play the Phillies in the playoffs, which it would be, I assume would probably be the wildcard game if that were to happen. Yeah. It's, it's uh, not out of realm of possibility. 
Right. Like if that happens, I'm gonna like all that bad energy from that Bears game is gonna come back. I know this is a baseball podcast, but for Chicago sports alone, like, oh man, like I the city of Philadelphia has just owned us this year and I'm tired of it. And yeah, I mean that Bryce Harper that home run, man, like that was a moonshot. Like it was a no oh, doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was and a mammoth shot. Just just from my own uh perspective like so i was i was working i was working a late shift uh that night so i wasn't even watching the game i was following it on my phone mm-hmm. like on the at bat app and like you know we, we go into the ninth we have a two-run lead and i'm like there's no kimbrel but we had like to be honest we hadn't really had any problems closing out games that bad like at that point like we had been okay I, at least it, I didn't feel like it was a serious issue at the time. I mean, we had a few moments this, when Kimber went on the DL, but I don't know. I just well, felt like... when you're like, up five to one, you feel like you should be able to close right, it out. Right, right, I mean, I don't know. I just, I didn't feel like, like, even when they made it five to three, I still felt like we were okay. Like, I I was confident in Rowan Wick. He's been so good since the Cubs started using him in big situations. And... I don't blame some of the defense too. It wasn't all just the pitch. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Once again, you know, there were the you know everyone talked about the the Bodie defensive plays and stuff. Um, yeah, that's what turned the tide. I think of that inning. For sure. I mean, you can you everyone deserved blame in that game, I mean, except for the offense. I mean, you score five runs, you should be able to win a baseball game at the major league level. Sure. Honestly. Um. But yeah, I mean. Just sitting. the The problem for me was is I had to watch it on my phone on the bad app as like like from the not like actually watching it, but like the you know the batter's eye or whatever. You yeah, can, yeah, yeah. They show up, and I'm like in an office with like you know three, four, five other people, and only one of them really only watches sports. So like I'm following this, and no one's talking about it. It's pretty <laughs> quiet in our office, and like it's happening. And I still had a whole nother hour before I could like even go home. Oh, that's and it and it happened, and I'm just sitting at my desk like, <laughs> like what in the actual heck is going on? <laughs> like I was so mad, and I couldn't even release like my anger for a whole nother hour. You were shocked, and basically. I was, you were in I, was shock. Sh- I was in shock, and then angry i remember on my drive home the entire half hour that it took me to get home i was literally screaming for like because i was so mad oh yeah and i was listening to the post game or not the post game i was listening to i i think what i i don't know i I had to put on like some sort of like upbeat music like yep. edm stuff or something i don't even remember what i was listening but i had to put something on i i didn't i didn't even want to turn on the score because i was like i can't i can't with them right now because i i'm a guy who likes to look at the cubs as positively as possible and like i just in that that night though man i i don't think i've felt a loss that had ever made me feel like at least in the regular season i mean we've seen right Cubs blow games all season long because of their bullpen problems, but to give up six runs when you, when you, you know, I mean, 
or however many runs it was, you know, in that six or in the ninth inning, it's just like, man, that was six because it ended seven to five. It was five to one. Right, right, yeah. This is it, the, I was in so much shock. I didn't even know the end of the score. I just know that Bryce Harper hit a moonshot and the game was over. And you Darvish pitched a gym. Yes, and, he did. And he got and he, he gets another no decision. It completely like, wasted. Yeah, you know, at the end of the year, all the naysayers are going to look at you Darvish's numbers. And even, like his full season numbers, and they're probably going to find all kinds of reasons to say that he doesn't deserve that money. And granted, for about a month and a half or two, yeah, he was not good this year, but he's been really good since like June. Yeah. And it's just a shame that this guy, even though he gave up seven runs last night, he has been, he's definitely earned what he is being paid this year. And if you're asking me, like every. Oh, yeah. Oh every, yeah. Every elite pitcher goes has their ups and downs. I mean, outside of, you know, you know, some of the top 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 arms that we've seen this year and even last year. I mean, Chris Sale types, I mean, he's struggling this year, but last year was elite. And then this year Garrett Cole is up there, Verlander somehow is still doing it. Like those guys, they have their ups and downs too. So the people who talk about who like take Darvish's starts like one at a time and trying to criticize every little thing and it just it gets on my nerves. And I know I've kind of gone off track, but he did pitch that game and he pitched so well. And I was yeah. so oh, happy. Yeah. I was so happy to see him pitch so well because he's been strikeouts, no runs. I don't think any walks either. Right. Like it's just a shame that the Cubs bullpen couldn't hold it up for him. And oh I know. It's just been the story. You look at I mean the win loss record for pitchers is the dumbest stat in baseball. But if you it look it doesn't at, mean anything anymore. Right. It really doesn't. Yeah, I know. I, growing up, it's so crazy how it was so emphasized and everything, but it really it doesn't anymore because pitchers just aren't pitching in, as deep into the game anymore. Go back just uh, 10 years ago. If you go back 10 years ago and you listen to a national broadcast, they're talking about all the pitchers, the first thing they bring up is wins. You yep. do not see that anymore for good reason. Right. But like, it, like I was saying, though, like back then, you know, you saw pitchers, they, go, they would pitch 200 innings a season easily. Oh well, yeah, you just don't see it anymore, and so, because a lot of pitchers aren't going as deep, you know, they go five six and and they're done. I mean, we've seen so many Cubs pitchers go five six, still have like seventy or eighty pitches, and then they come out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's another story. But once again, though, like I just felt so bad for you, and you know, and then the night, what was the the night before Hamels is lost what Quintana struck out 14 14. strikeouts yeah 14 (laughs) strikeouts two runs six innings to strike out 14 guys in six innings that's impressive again the the off that to me that was more the offense not hitting Jason Vargas yeah Jason Vargas yeah and I'm sure you guys talked about that on your last episode I'm just I keep veering off and I'm just all these thoughts are making me think of other things that are somewhat related to it but um yeah man that that Harper game, yeah, it's going to be talked about for a while. I mean, in a sense, I guess Harper kind of got some revenge after what Jason Hayward did to the Nationals last year with that walk-off Grand Slam. Or the Bodie one, I meant, not, not well, Jason Hayward. Hayward did hit that walk-off home run against the Phillies. So oh, that's yeah, yeah, revenge yeah. there. Harper yeah. watched the walk-off Grand Slam from Bodie as a Nationals. So, yeah, I guess payback, payback. <laughs> yeah. Double payback right there. Also, you mentioned you mentioned the Bears game. And I, I gotta tell you, 
there is not a single sporting event that has upset me more than that Bears game in early January. And again, Philadelphia, you want to add more to that whole Chicago-Philadelphia thing? I don't know if you remember, but remember when Derrick Rose tore his ACL in 2012, the first oh. round? You remember who that was against? Oh, against Philadelphia. Oh, my goodness. Against Philadelphia. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's insane, man. I, I don't oh. – Chicago sports and Philadelphia, man. It's, 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 I don't get it. I, I don't, I'm not a big hockey guy. I don't know if the Flyers have done anything to the Blackhawks. Well, the Blackhawks <laughs> beat the Flyers to win the cup in 2010. That's the last thing Chicago had an upper hand in over Philadelphia. <laughs> All right. Well, at least, at least it was on a big stage. I, we got that. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, they won, <laughs> the Blackhawks won on a Patrick King goal in overtime in Philadelphia. Uh, one of the weirdest plays you'd ever see. But ever since then, you had all these bad losses to the Phillies for the Cubs. You had that Bears game, and you had that Bulls 76er series in 2012. All the wrong end if you're Chicago. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, uh, thankfully, this this Cubs loss, like I said, regular season. And, you know, they moved on, and the next night was just as bad, basically. But well, it's, that was that was it wasn't I don't think more. I mean, it was gut wrenching, but yeah. it was it didn't the, one feel of the reasons, nearly as bad. One of the reasons it was bad was because it was against the Pirates, arguably the worst team in baseball right now. If we're just going based off the past like month, they've been the worst yep. team in baseball and they pretty much handed the Pirates that win. They walked sub-200 hitters when you were one strike away on multiple occasions. Uh, I mean, those were both bad, but I, I still think you could go back a decade and you could look at a number of regular season losses. That Bryce Harper one stands out the most. Did you see my Cubby's Crib article on that, by the way? Because I did want to share that list. I, I did not. You might have to name some of these other these other games so okay, I can remember. So, so what I listed, uh, this was a list of games that the Cubs lost in gut-wrenching fashion in the Joe Madden era, so we're talking since the beginning of 2015. So mm-hmm. a four-and-a-half-year span, which makes sense, right? You know, pretty yeah. straightforward. Or I should say, no, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, four-and-a-half years. Wow, it's been that mm-hmm. long. <laughs> uh, so other games I had on there... Uh, obviously the Harbor game I brought up. Do you remember in 2015? Do you remember the Johnny Peralta game by any chance? Mm, it was, I'm guessing it was early season, early in the season, like in it was May like season. Yeah. Okay. Mid season. Uh, no, I, I really don't remember it. <laughs> so what I, happened in that game was the Cubs got the first two outs in the bottom of the ninth and they were up. Uh, I think it was four to three. Mm-hmm. And then a strope was on the mound. He was trying to close it. Uh, gives up a walk to Carter. And then on a one, two count, Johnny Peralta hit the game winning home run into the basket. Uh, yeah. That, that's kind of ringing a bell to me. Yeah. So that was one of them. Uh, yeah. Another one I put on there last year was the Colton Wong walk off home run. Oh yeah. And then he, didn't he like to the media or something like right after it happened said something about how he he hoped the the fans were mad or something? Yeah, that, he hoped that the Cubs know. fans were pissed off. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So that was one. 
Uh, I listed the blown save against the Pirates earlier this year when Contreras dropped the ball and Russell threw home. Oh, yes. Oh, God. I feel like you can name so many just from this season alone because the Cubs should have, like, what do we have, 69 wins now? We should have seventy nine wins now. We should we should have we should be yell or laughing at Picota right now because like of all the games that we've blown, they all should have been wins and we should be running away with this division, honestly. Yeah, I mean look at look at those two games in Milwaukee. Look at that game in San Francisco. Look yep. at the Bryce Harper game. Those two games in Pittsburgh they blew. Uh the game with Eugenio Suarez homering in the, the top of the ninth. Do you remember that one in May? Uh, Yep, yep, I do remember that one. Oh, I mean, you was, could just go down the list. Yeah, uh, it might have been. Sound, I, from my memory, I feel like it was Strobe. Or was it C-Shack? I'm not sure. It was one of the two. Yeah, it was I before mean, it was, they had Kimbrel. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we even... Even that first week of April, when we started like 2-7, and seven, it seemed like yeah. some of those games were like heartbreaking and like... The two in Texas, the two losses <laughs> yep, in Texas, yep. they blew late leads. Atlanta, right. they blew that late lead. Yep. And in Milwaukee, they didn't play it well. They won one game of that series. They like, right. Like it, it just feels like you could put so many games this season into that, that list. But, um, you know, I I'm sure. I tried to spread it out a little bit. You know? No, that's, that's smart. Because, you, know, you know, in a few years, we're probably going to remember how there were so many games we blew this year, but we'll probably forget most of them except for that Harper one and, and maybe the Milwaukee one when Kimbrell blew it, I feel. Those um, will be the two most memorable, no doubt. For sure, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's truly amazing <laughs> that the Cubs are in first place, honestly. Uh, and, it you really know, is. You you give credit to the you have to give credit to the Cubs for you know hanging in there, but then also like put blame on the other teams in the division for not taking like take going ahead and taking advantage. Like, and this is what irritates me is you know we could easily have a big lead. Right. No, I'm I'm right there with you. It's the one thing I come home every night, and if the Cubs lose in the dumbest way. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, we should be up 10 games in the division. This is dumb. Yep. Like, yep. like it, it's so annoying that this team with this talent, with this pitching staff, and even though the bullpen has been mediocre at times, it's still better than any bullpen in this division. I Maybe, maybe Cincinnati and St. Louis's bullpen is better. I mean, I know Cincinnati has, has gone down since Amir Garrett got suspended for that fight with with yeah. uh, with the pirates but yeah. when when they're when they had garrett and they had lorenzo and a few other guys like that their bullpen was good and we've seen the reds be good like the cubs have not been able to beat the reds all year except for recently um but the, them and st louis probably have the best bullpens and i mean milwaukee has hater but we've seen so much regression from the rest of their guys um, and even Hater has regressed a bit. Right, right. So, like I said, even though the Cubs bullpen has been what it has been, it I still think it's better than any of the other teams in the division. Milwaukee has probably the best bullpen arm. And sure. St. Louis, I mean, Carlos Martinez, is, he's been pretty well, as, or done pretty well as their, their closer for the most part. I, I like John Gant. Uh, Brebbia is pretty good. 
Um, and then, like I said, Cincinnati, they got a, what's his name? Iglesias. He's rock solid as their closer and a few, and they have a few other guys like Lorenzen, as I mentioned, and Amir Garrett when he's not suspended for getting in fights. So, I mean, that's just the way I try to look at things is like, you know, there's, there's other teams in this division have had so many chances to overtake the division and run away with it, especially mm-hmm. when uh, the Cubs really, really struggled on the road and and like mid to late July and in June, um, you know, because we were all talking about in like mid May, June, and probably beginning of July is like, you know, when are the Cubs going to finally like take control of the division and then obviously they haven't so it's kind of like why haven't they and then also why haven't the other teams taken advantage of the cubs really just underachieving like yeah sure it's it's just the way that i look at things and you know i don't know it's it's weird you know baseball is weird and we'll never be able to really understand it you can talk about saber metrics and advanced analytics all you want um but some things you just can't explain and you know sure. that's like I said, I'm, I'm I'm content with where the Cubs are right now. They're right now they're, they've won five games in a row after today, and they're they're looking to be you know moving moving up the the standings if if St. Louis can you know start to cool off. Uh, you know, I feel like St. Louis is doing exactly what they did last year. They were pretty mediocre for the for most of the season, and then got hot in July and August. But then kind of, you know, just uh, went back to being mediocre in September. So there's not much different from their team except for Paul Goldschmidt on this year's team. So and a few other guys. But I still think the Cubs are better than those teams. And on paper, yes. For sure. I'd say on paper, they're, the, they're by far the best team in the division on paper. And that goes for bullpen, too. I think on paper, the Cubs have the best bullpen. The problem is there have been so many injuries. Kimbrell's yeah. been hurt. Uh Kinsler had a time on the DL. C-Shack, Strope, everybody has been hurt at some point. And regress. I mean, Strope is in his worst year as a Cub, and it, it pains yeah. me because everyone's talking about how this guy's always been bad. And it's like, no, if you watch the Cubs, it's, it's, the mo- it's the most annoying thing to me. It the is only absolutely thing, ridiculous. The only thing I will give people is whenever he faces St. Louis, it always feels like he doesn't pitch well against St. Louis to me. Um, but... I mean, other than that, though, like his entire career with the Cubs, he's been really good. And this year, I'm not so sure what the problem is. Uh, you know, people were talking maybe it was his velocity, can't locate his fastball. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not the expert here. Uh, I think it's, it's just, physical, personally. I, he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Yeah, he's getting older. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a combination of those kind of things. I mean, it sucks because that hamstring, the only reason it got hurt was because of the Cubs. And is I guess it, I mean I guess you could say yeah it's lingered it's just I don't know I just feel like the guy deserves more praise than what he gets and you know I get it he comes in he pitches in the most like the biggest situations so it's easy to to blame a guy whenever something goes wrong but it just it, he the Cubs are going to need him to do something if if he's going to be part of the the team in the postseason I mean yeah. Yeah, you're going to need all those guys healthy, really. it's I mean, the way bullpens are used in this day and age, especially. I mean, the one positive, something that we kind of didn't see the last two years, at least on a consistent basis, is the starting rotation, for the most part, all season has been really good. 
And I feel like the last two years, that's been kind of the Cubs' weakness in terms of consistency. Oh, I uh, agree. For, from all five, at least, you know, the last I two years. I think this is as know, good as this rotation has looked since 2016, if you want my opinion. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, John Lester, you know, God, I love that guy. He He's regressed. His velocity's dropped, but he still goes out there and shoves every fifth day. Like it, He finds ways. He finds a way. And that's like the difference between the guys who have like you who come up and they're you know, the throw in 98, 99, just based off physical uh, gifts that they were given and then and they're young. But then as they get older, they start to, you know, fall apart because they're losing velocity. And we've seen so many pitchers come and go so fast because of stuff like that. And guys like John Lester, he knew he actually knows how to pitch and he's figured out how to stay consistent and do his job. And I mean, I commend him so much for that. And, um, you know, I, I mean, he still has a start. I mean, what, a few weeks ago, he gave up like 10 runs. To, I don't know. To, if I, was it like the Reds or something? No, it was like, the A's. It was, was the oh, A's yeah, the A's, the A's game. Yeah, okay. It was the and one that's game not even, that, to me, that's not even something to worry about because literally every year, every single season John Lester pitches, he has that one game where he just gets his brains beat in. And yeah. ironically, it always seems to be in early August. I don't know why, but it was just I, the guy went into that game with like a 380 ERA and a 399 FIP. Considering the guy's age and the way he grinds away, you'll mm. take that. I mean, his right. peripherals look better this year than they did last year. And last year, he had that all-star season. He's missing more bats this year. And, you know, one bad start, and people are like, oh, is he the odd man out of a, a playoff <laughs> yep. rotation? Come yep. on. I know. I, what was he? I think it was – maybe it was like a few starts after the A start because he – like he went – He I remember he pitched a road game in St. Louis and gave up three or four runs and just – I don't even think he made it through five and didn't – he just didn't look that good. And then they had another start that was similar. And – I mean, oh man! When I start seeing tweets of people saying, "Is he the the odd man out?" and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? This guy? Have you seen this guy pitch in the postseason? Did you like? Have you watched him the last like four years? Like, oh man, I I I just, I just can't take it with Twitter. Sometimes, if the velocity <laughs> dropped a lot and uh, you saw more and more of these bad games, I'd start to worry a little more. But the For fact sure. that he's overall been good. You know, like you said, Twitter can be very overreactive at times. Oh, yeah. It's, man, it's, I have to, like, I thank my job because it makes me not be on Twitter as much these days. Same. Same. Like, like I, can, I can, I just open it up sometimes. And I read some of the craziest takes about the Cubs. And, you know, I get it. You know, it, it, the Cubs are in the, the, the biggest, the, the best window of opportunity to win right now. And they're, they're playing the best baseball in franchise history. And like, there's a lot of expectations and, you know, they have the talent to be a hundred win team and they obviously aren't going to win a hundred games this year. I get it. I totally get it. And I understand like one, it's natural to be frustrated. I let out frustration too. For sure. For sure. I totally get it. I just, People are so quick to react. Like if something, if someone like what Chris Bryant went zero for five the other day, and people are talking about how we should extend Castellanos and not extend Chris Bryant. And I mean, I've been on Twitter talking how much I love Nick Castellanos right now, but I'm not so sure if we should extend him yet. But I do know that I want to extend Chris Bryant if that becomes a possibility. 
So, so while, while you bring that up, why don't we just kind of go into these last few games? Because Chris Bryan and Nick Cassianos are pretty relevant, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. So let's start with Pittsburgh. I want to start with, um, I don't really want to talk about the first few games. I mean, we already talked about the first one. The second one, they grinded out thanks to John Lester. But you saw what you wanted to see in that Little League game. That was a great game. Oh, you yeah. saw the offense go right. you saw nick castellano hit a first inning home run the first of like many uh yeah. that would come uh you saw jose quintana throw seven scoreless innings another fantastic start from jose quintana uh and then you go into san uh, the san francisco series at home it, it felt like winning that series against pittsburgh which i count as a road series it you mm-hmm. know the little league game they were the road team not at ridley field that's a road game it was in winning. Pennsylvania, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> so yeah. that, hey, that's close to Pittsburgh, close enough, man. Close enough. <laughs> Either way, it, yeah. by rule, it was home game for the Pirates. By right. rule. Therefore, mm-hmm. it, no matter what, it was a road game. Winning that series, I think, was a nice monkey off their back. And I really thought, really, really thought that for the first time, since that win in Cincinnati, they looked energized again. You, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it was kind of part of the narrative, you know, the whole, like, they got there, you know, we see Joe Madden with a backwards hat riding down a hill on a on one of those, like, sled things, whatever you want to call it, yep. and, you know, Rizzo and all the other guys, they're all there. They look like they're having fun. I mean, I don't know. It was almost like uh, 2015 when, you know, Joe Madden's bringing in a Tiger to Wrigley Field, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not so sure if this is the same situation, but it, it was it was definitely something different that, you know, the guys obviously reacted to. And, you know, I I don't know. It It's so the, the 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 road home splits for the Cubs this year. I it's on. I don't I don't understand how this team can score runs at home, but they can't on the road. And, you know, I it's something we'll, I'll never be able to figure out. But. Yeah, I'm. I'm praying. I'm praying that the that 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 series win, uh, you know, helps send some momentum the next time they go on the road. Uh, it was it, it was a huge road series win. I mean, especially after you know getting swept by the Phillies and that the way that they did, and you know, I, the the first two games against the Pirates, you know, they they lost on a walk off again, and then you know. They muscled one out on Saturday in the most stressful way. I wasn't able to watch that game, but, you know, I just following it, you know, I, I was stressed out even though I wasn't watching the game. I was just thinking about it. So to be able to go into a nationally televised game on the road and like and play the way they did, you know, score runs, Quintana was great, like you said. You know, he's just – I feel like Quintana – you know he's he's just building up confidence, and I feel like the last couple years that he's been with the Cubs, like he he's pitched his best in the second half. You know we saw in in 2017 when he won some big starts on the oh, road. Oh yeah, he was great and in then, 2017. Doesn't get enough credit for it, I don't think. Right, and then even and even last year he was good on the road, or not on the road, but just in the second half in general. You know. He pitched that that one game playoff that yeah the Cubs lost, but he was he got through five or six innings and no one gave up like one run. Just think if the Cubs would have scored runs. I mean that's that's the thing everyone talked about is how the Cubs couldn't score runs. 
the narrative on Quintana might be completely different if the Cubs would have scored runs in that one game playoff and he pitched, you know, like there's so many factors that play into uh, individual players narratives. I, you know, I, I'm a big supporter of Quintana and I've just like Darvish. It's I'm so glad to see that they're pitching uh, at this level right now. So you know, a couple months ago, we're wondering, is Quintana even going to be in, on the, in the playoff rotation? Right now, it feels like you got to put the guy, you got to start that guy game two, game three, maybe game one if, you know, you know, if one of the other guys takes a huge step back. So uh, uh, hats off to him, you know, and I, I feel confident with him coming in every fifth day these days. So, yeah, like you said, the, the Little League game, was it was a huge win, and uh, – you know, we've seen that momentum carry over this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with Nick Castellanos getting really hot coming into this homestand against San Francisco, this was a heck of a series at home. I think it was a series that kind of epitomized the way the Cubs have played at home versus on the road. I mean, you look at each game was different. One game was, I mean, they were all close games. One was like, okay, was kind of back and forth, but you know, the Cubs had the lead through most of it. Yeah. It was then like, ha- I was, I was telling, I was telling uh, a few people the other day, I was like, or yesterday I was telling them like, yeah, they, they won five to three, but like, it didn't even feel that stressful. <laughs> and it was weird because no, it no. was a close game. And yeah, it, the, the thing was, is the bullpen came in and, you know, did their job. So and the thing with that game was, is that was the Cole Hamill start. He threw mm-hmm. a, the definition of a quality start, three runs, six innings. Yep. You could still tell he's not right. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I wasn't able to watch, but I did watch some highlights and, you know, I watched a post game. I was able to watch a post game for that game. And, you know, I, I, Cole Hamill is just like John Lester. He's not a guy that I'm like going to get super worried about. Uh, isn't his issue more with mechanics than it is his health right now? It seems like it. I mean, that's what he wants to say. Uh, I think either way that injury had a big factor in this because he had like a sub three ERA before getting hurt. I mean, he was, he He was was probably their best starter. The velocity's a little bit down too. The location's not there. So it's probably a little hodgepodge of things. Mm. Well, it is. I feel like that start at least is a building block, you know. Hopefully, oh, for sure. And his next start, you know, he's going to have more confidence, and you know, he's just another guy that like he's been in the league a long time, and he knows he knows how he feels, and if he feels good going out there, then I'm going to trust he can go out there and you know give me six innings of one or two run ball in a in a playoff game if if he's right. So. I'm just hoping that he knows that if he's right or not. And, you know, if he's not, then, you know, I, I still feel confident with the Cubs rotation if he isn't, uh, at least in the postseason. But got to get there first. So, you know, hopefully Hamels can, you know, just contribute and hopefully uh, doesn't have any more, you know, one or two inning performances given up, you know, 10 runs. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on hoping that that was a stepping stone. I mean, at least it showed that he was able to grind through there. You just hope that he gets the mechanics back because you don't want to rely on grinding through in the postseason. But 
you know, he still is going to have a few more starts before it's all said and done. So hope he could just continue to step there. I mean, he didn't look right, but he certainly looked better than he did in Philadelphia. Uh, Again, there's still a ways to go there. If we start to see the velocity come back to like 92, 93, 94, then I think things will fall in place. And then you may see the command get a little better because when he was throwing 89 miles an hour, missing up and away slash tailing towards in towards the plate while still up, you know, that's going to result in a lot of hard hit, hard hit balls. And he gave up a couple home runs in that start, but was mm-hmm. still able to limit the damage. Long. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like the Giants came in at the right time. The Cubs, you know, they knew that they should have played better against them on the road. So there was some, if, <laughs> not that they need motivation. They, they definitely, like the Giants were a good team for them to, to play this week uh, in terms of, you know, a matchup i feel like you know i know the giants are in the wild card race right now but is anyone really taking them seriously i don't know so. no they're two <laughs> games below 500 i i'm just gonna say i i still think it's incredibly foolish that they didn't sell i oh, get no, i agree Bochy's last year i get that but you never had a chance at the postseason you just got hot around the deadline mm-hmm Take one look at that team. They got some exciting young players on that team. Mike Yastrzemski, the grandson mm-hmm. of the Hall of Famer, he yep. looks really good. You got some young players there, but you also have a lot of older, washed-up guys on that team, and just you don't have a complete team. You just yeah. don't. And then uh, pitching-wise, they don't have a lot either. I mean, they did have a guy who, who uh, former Cubs, Samarja, came in and did something I did not expect today. But uh, He's been really good quietly he? he's quietly. been really good i would say it is quietly because last i checked he's not been very good as a san francisco giant but that's what happens when you play on the west coast and i'm i'm not going to stay up late to watch the giants so. i mean samarge is probably having his best season as a giant no is doubt it? that's yeah. a shame because he's just never been on a winning team no the but. one time he was on that postseason giants team the cubs beat his brains in no oh, yeah yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good old, good old shark. <sighs> pitched to yep. da- pitched to Dandy today, but lost. Yeah. Well, you know, other than I mean, other than him though, I mean, last night's game was who I don't even remember, know who threw threw for the Giants last night, but he wasn't good. And then you know, in game in game one of the series, you know, they they just didn't have anything that would scare me. The only well, thing the they really have. Through- the guy I went through yesterday was Pudge Rodriguez's son. Was it? Yeah. yeah. That's insane. I didn't. I had no idea. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, wow. Feel okay. old yet? I, I feel, when I watch the Toronto Blue Jays highlights, I feel old. <laughs> you see Biggio and uh, Vladdy Bichette Jr. And Vlad Jr. Bichette. Yeah, yep. Yep. that's something. Yeah, that's something. But, yeah. So, I got to say, though, I mean, I feel like this weekend – Will be a big test because they're playing a, a potential playoff team. But playing the Giants was was a good start to the homestand because you didn't want to. It would have been so Cubs if they would have won that road series against the Pirates and then come home where they've been good all year and find a way to drop two or three. Oh sure, you know. And so I definitely winning game one of the series was was huge. I think because it just kept the momentum going, kept the win streak going. So now it's like, all right, you won three in a row. You've, you've won five in a row. You got a 
a pretty solid team coming to Wrigley this weekend. And, you know, it's time to buckle up and, you know, you, you win, you've proven you can win at home against every team that you've played. Like we, I, I think this would be huge when we go back on the road, if the Cubs can at least pull two out of three against the Nats this weekend. Yeah, for sure. And look at last night's game and we're talking on the 22nd. So I'm referring to the 12, 11, win over Mm -hmm. the Giants in which Chris Bryant, Mr. Unclutch hit a game winning (laughs) two run home run in the eighth. You look at, you look at the game you played there. You could have said you easily could have won it or you easily could have lost it. But at the end of the day, when you pull out a win like that, you got to hope that builds something. The only problem is, is that we've said so many times throughout this whole season that the Cubs are going to build off a big win and then they don't. Right. You yeah. Gotta like, do that now because we're in the final stretch. Right. I mean, one game I can think of where we said that and then it didn't happen was, but they play was when they started the most recent road trip when they were trailing three to nothing against the Reds late and Bryant hit the go ahead three run yeah. home run. Oh yeah. And I was like, okay, we're in mid August and Bryant just did that. Like now this team is going to take off and then we get swept by the Phillies. Right. So, right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I thought there was no way they would have been able to have been stopped then. Yeah. It, it's, I don't, it's one of those things. Once again, like baseball is just so weird. You don't understand. Like, and it's truly all like, especially in the regular season, it's all like one game at a time. And like, you know, every, no matter how big a win is, it, it doesn't, it, it will play a factor in the next game some, but in the end it comes down to if you execute everything the same way as you did when you won the last game, you know? So, you know, we, we saw in Philly how different things were uh, for the, for the Cubs because of certain aspects, you know, whether it's, you know, our bullpen's just not getting it done or we're not scoring runs and, you know, Against the Reds, I mean, they didn't win the series, but they split. I was I was content with that, considering how we've played against the the Reds. Considering this year. they were on the verge of losing three or four, oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's like I said, it's just something you can't ever understand or figure out. It's just baseball. So, hopefully, yeah. That I mean, they won today, so you know, they built off. I, they just keeping the momentum going. I mean, the offense was nowhere to be found today outside of a two out single from Rizzo. I mean, I you give credit to shark. <laughs> yeah. But, I think he just got to tip your cap there. He pitched a good game. And after you scored 12 runs previous right. and then five before that, and you know, Nick Castellanos didn't hit any home runs today, but you know what? He's hit how many home runs the past week or so. I mean, the guy went like four for four yesterday and had three hits the day before. It's unbelievable what that guy's doing. It was just one of those, you know, you got only two hits, but you still won. You could just tip your cap to the opposing pitcher at that point. Yeah, I I like I've been all about Nick Castellanos on Twitter. Every time this guy does something, I I feel like I have to tweet something because everything that this guy has said to the media and then just the way he perceives himself on the field like it's just it i don't know what it is He's, i just love it and like oh, i love it too I, like i knew he was a nice player like I, I am really good friends with a with a detroit tigers fan so as am i and to be honest like he told me after cassianos got traded to the cubs he's like all right i'm gonna be a cubs fan the rest of the year because the tigers are just so bad i can't watch 
And, um, you know, he, he, Cassianos was his favorite player when he played for the Tigers and at this point. And yeah, I, I told him, I was like, I mean, I don't know much about the guy. I just know that he's, he's a doubles machine and, you know, he's been that and more. I mean, he's in one of the hottest stretches in baseball right now. I, obviously he's not going to have a OPS over 1300 forever, but man, no, if, even if he's has an OPS of anywhere between a 900 and a thousand, that's, that's more than what I thought the Cubs were going to get. I thought the Cubs were going to get a guy who, you know, would have an OPS somewhere in between, you know, 750. 800s is kind of yeah. where I was thinking. Yeah, Low 800s. Yeah, like somewhere in there. And that's, and that, that's fine. But yeah, oh yeah, what that's he's, bo- what, well above he's average. Like, he's like put the Cubs on his back over the last 20 games, it feels like. He's getting all the big hits. He's getting these early inning home runs, putting the, like helping the offense, like get started and, you know, giving our starting staff like uh, an early lead, which as we saw in 2016, like that's what helped them be like historically one of the greatest staffs in baseball. Um, You know, it's little things like that about that, about him that have made me just grow to really love him. And, you know, like 20 games in it's my fanhood makes me want to say, let's extend him. He's playing so well. Uh, but I mean, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. I still like the people tell me that they should extend Castellanos and, you know, consider not extending Chris Bryant. That's some, that's some dumb takes, man. Like, uh, that, that is what that is. But, uh, yeah, Castellanos has been so fun to watch and I just, I, I say it all the time. I, I love that he doesn't wear the undershirt and he has he doesn't have a chain like Javi Baez, but it, it feels like Javi Baez, the way he runs around the bases and the passion he shows. Like when Bryant hit that two-run home run, he's like jumping and celebrating, going around the bases. Like, I don't know. Oh, it's, yeah. it, it, it's not Javi – it's not it's obviously not Javi Baez-esque, but like it's Javi Baez vibes. It just gives me like the that, that passion or excitement. It's kind of maybe more like Wilson Contreras because he shows so well, the much emotion passion. on the field. You see the emotion on the field with him. I mean, that gif of him celebrating that go ahead home run by Brian is just gold. Oh yeah. I know. I, I, I watched it for like a couple minutes straight when it happened. Cause I was so excited. Cause I don't know. I, I just, I'm glad to get with everything you said in the media and how like, you know, he's like excited to be part of like a, in a playoff chase and, you know, he treats every day like it's opening day, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know. That's just, especially when you're playing well, it, it looks good on you as a player and for the fans, you know. So, and, and as fans, like, it's stuff like that that makes you really love a guy. Well, we crave so, this kind of stuff. You know, we oh, crave yeah. that kind of energy and passion. And uh, I'm going to give a quick shout out to my good college buddy, Chris Mills, who's from Detroit, big Tigers fan. Uh, he writes for Bless You Boys of SB Nation. And I remember when we were in college, and Castellanos was just kind of coming to his own in the big leagues. And, he, you know, he kept telling me, you know, I really like this guy. I really like this guy. Um, you know, he, he quietly had some really good seasons in Detroit. And you remember when he first came up with Detroit, the Tigers were, you know, they were contending. You know, they were they were in win now mode and he was a young player coming up. Uh, so it's not like he's not never tasted winning before. But, you know, the past several years. Uh, he hasn't had that taste of winning in a while because the Tigers are rebuilding now. Uh, right. The fact that he's come to this new city, new team in this position, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm sure he feels 
completely revitalized inside because you know sometimes you just you need a little change in taste of, of where you are and you, you know it's it, it could go a long way and personally I can't remember the last time the Cubs traded for somebody midseason who made an impact quite like this maybe you could go back to Kenny Lofton and Aramis Ramirez in 03 <laughs> that's what at, I was thinking <laughs> that's probably the last time I saw a single player or players in, in their case yeah. you could classify Ramos and Lofton you know both those guys that year but just the energy he brings it felt like he was made to be a cub and he's really expressing it we've traded made some good trades over the years mid-season but boy Castellanos just the whole package he brings like you said what he says to the media how much passion he shows showing how he loves this team how he just loves the game in general it really is a nice breath of fresh air it really is Right. And, you know, I'm not buying into the whole like, are the Cubs hungry or not? And like, are the players there that have already proven them to win and everything? Are they not hungry? And they want to win. Yeah, like they want to win. I just feel like Castellanos like is an extra little boost because it's someone who hasn't won and, you know, experienced a, a little bit of winning in Detroit before they decided the rebuild was coming. But he hasn't been like he hasn't really been on a true playoff contender. So I'm like. Maybe this guy is what the Cubs actually needed to, you know, get over whatever it is. I mean, I, this offense, man, it's he's a he's a complete different hitter from the rest of them. I feel like he's more. Uh, I can't even really explain it. It's just I feel like some. I feel like with some some of the guys, you you know what you're gonna get, and with Cassianos, you get a little bit of everything and he's a hasn't shown a lot of like strikeouts or anything like that he's you know he's making contact and I feel like a, a lot of the Cubs hitters get a lot of you know a lot of you know criticism for you know not making contact in big situations I mean you know they the the, the Bryant home run I mean he, he ran out he hustled the to beat out a ground ball that was up the middle that that was a tough play probably a single with most guys who can run but you know He's just doing all the things, I feel like. And and then everyone thought said his knock was his defense. And he hasn't really shown that he can't play defense out there. I mean, Comerica Park. He played at much... Comerica Park. That's that's right. a hard field to defend. Yeah, that's Wrigley's a much snow bigger. isn't easier either, but it's smaller. Right. I mean, I feel like at Wrigley, you're when you're playing the outfield, the, the biggest things definitely is one, especially if you're playing a day game, is the sun and then the yeah. wind. And then, you know, if the you wells. have a right and then the the, the deep fly balls when you got to go into the, the ivy if you're going to make some kind of crazy catch or something like that. But I mean, nowhere near the size of Comerica, though. So and he's 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 showing that he can play defensively and offensively at Wrigley Field. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, if he can play if he plays like this the rest of the year and, you know, helps the Cubs go make a deep playoff run, then yeah, I'm definitely saying that we should think about extending this guy. Um, yeah, the the Cubs they're going to they're going to it's going to be an interesting offseason cuz they have a few guys coming off the books and they'll be able to if 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 Ricketts oh, yeah, they'll, talking, they'll have money. They'll have money. Right. If they're yeah, if they're talking about not spending any money this offseason again, which I don't think they will, but if I don't if, think so either. If, if that happens again, I'm, that's whenever I'm going to be like, all right, we can all get mad now. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I think that whole no money thing was strictly for this off for this past offseason. Right. It was yeah. this year. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of veering off a little bit here because we were talking about this week and now I've been talking about the offseason. But, yeah, I mean, he's – Cassianos, he's just been so fun to watch. And I feel like he's he's helping all the other players. I mean, I've we've been – there's been some criticism of Bryant, you know, recently because he's I, – I don't know what it is. He's just – Everyone looks at his slash line. It looks great. But then uh, when you watch him play, I guess he's just not, you know, performing to what we're hoping. And I guess that's what comes with the territory of being an elite player in baseball. Uh, but, yeah, I I'm, I have no, like, doubts in Br- and Chris Bryant. Or, I mean, he was I'm, having one of the best years of his career. And look at the yeah. other years he's had. He's, the only thing that I can't explain is the fact that he only has, like, what, he has, like, 26 or 27 home runs. And a year like 28 now. Yeah. Okay, 28. Well, and it's in a season where, you know, so many people are hitting home runs. I mean, Jorge Soler has like 35, 36 home runs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and and then like, you know, Bellinger and Yelich, those guys are just having elite seasons. But I mean, those two aside, I mean, ever everyone there's so many people hitting so many home runs. So people are wondering why, you know, guys like Brian and Rizzo don't aren't anywhere near, you know, 35 to 40. They're well, not as far I, off. well, as I say, Rizzo doesn't sell out. No, and he it makes more sense out. for Rizzo because he doesn't sell out. Bryant, I feel like, strikes out a little bit more than Rizzo, but he, he does. But, but he also takes a lot of walks, too. True. Which, but you all, know, less big swings in those situations. True. But also, Bryant has, I feel like he's he doesn't completely sell out either because if you remember in his rookie season, that guy was striking out at like 30% of the time. Yes, yes, he and, was. And, and now, like over the last couple of years, even last year, whenever he was hurt, basically his strikeout rate has decreased. So it's like mm-hmm. he's he's becoming an overall good hitter. And I mean, I'm I I would rather have that than someone who sells all the time and is going to strike out, you know, Adam Dunn like two hundred times a year. I so, mean, Javi Baez is kind of that guy, you know. Yeah, he is. He finds ways to be very productive, obviously, but he's not going to draw walks like Rizzo and Bryant and. I just want to touch on Rizzo really quick. If he ended his, like, let's say the season is 162 games old right now and it ended today. So if this was over a 162 game season um, and his slash line was what it was right now, the dude would have a career high in average on base and OPS right now. He's got a, I this is on baseball reference so this either counts today or it doesn't but either way like his OPS is like 931 it's either a little higher or a little less after today but 930 is basically where his OPS is right now the average 290 the OBP over 400 yeah and people were people were worried about his power I, I talked about this last week he has 25 home runs now if he mm-hmm. keeps on this little home run tear for the rest of the way, hits a few more, he's just going to end up where he's always been at like 31, 32. Right. And, and that's, and that's all I really want. I mean, if he, I mean, he's having a, one of those best seasons of his career. And I mean, if he, he, he kind of hits his home runs kind of in streaks too. So, I mean, yeah, it's very streaky. Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, if he hits more than that, I'll definitely be okay with it. And then we, and then we'll laugh at the people in in Chicago media talking about how, you know, 
this guy's lost his power a few weeks ago. So <laughs> it's I know I know they have to have something to talk about, but man, they sometimes they just they make me laugh because it's, they have to. Oh, yeah. They they have to find something to complain about, especially with how this Cubs team has made us all feel. And I get it, and I understand. It's just like, man, like, please pick on someone else because Rizzo's he's just he's the guy you can always plug in. Thirty home runs, hundred RBIs every he's year. He's the very last Cub you should ever worry about. Yeah, until the very last one. Right until like age starts to show a factor or something. But he he's been fine. He just turned thirty, and he's still you know. He doesn't look a day older. <laughs> yeah, so, no doubt. No I mean, doubt. I, when it comes to Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, I, I, like I said, as a guy who looks at the Cubs as positively as possible, I am trying to, you know, take in all I can get from those guys because one day they will not be Chicago Cubs, mm-hmm. whether it's because of their contracts or because they're retiring or whatever it is. And, well, there will be new players coming in, and who knows if the Cubs will be good or not. But we're always going to remember Brian Rizzo and what they did for this organization in 2016, and even the last couple years. Like the Cubs are in the best stretch of their entire history, and them two are a big part of it. And I just refuse to think of them negatively because they are the the biggest part of why the Cubs have been so good over the this stretch like if you're like if you're under 50 years old you haven't seen a better duo you've seen some really good duos but you've never seen one as good as this right you really haven't. if you're talking about the cubs no no you have right already. i'm talking about the cubs right right so <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about grace and sosa that's one thing but yeah. you know they didn't win you you can't really put it on them they right. didn't win you a championship they had some pretty bad teams around them but i mean just over years because you know? Grace in his prime and Sosa in his prime weren't around that long because by the time Sosa got really good, you know, we started in the home runs and started, uh, you know, injecting the stuff and whatever, um, <laughs> using corked bats. Using uh, corked bats, yeah. Grace was towards the end of his career and right. he moved on to the Diamondbacks. You had Ramirez and Lee who were very good, but. As much as I love those two, they don't hold the candle, candle to Rizzo and Bryant. I mean, they really don't. They don't, no. So. It's a, when I think about Sosa, I just wish that the Cubs were good when the, during, like, his 60 home run seasons. Because, like, those those are insane seasons. If you look at Sammy Sosa's numbers. Uh, like they, in those, they have made the playoffs in 98, but they never really had a chance in those playoffs. Right, yeah. I mean, I was so young then, so I don't really fully know. But, like. Man, what I what I do remember is like oh three and oh four and like Sosa yep. was on he was trending downward by then, yep. but he was still putting up thirty five home run seasons. Those <laughs> so, are my first Cubs memories were those oh years. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh so whenever you think about the sixty home run years, you're like, Man, just wish the Cubs would have actually been good and to see what they could have done in the postseason with a guy that had that kind of power and was who cares if he was using steroids? Everyone else was too. So that's the way. Yeah, I think 19, it. in 1999, he hit 60 plus home runs for a second year in a row. And mm-hmm. unlike the 98 Cubs that won, I think it was 90 games and made it into the wild card in 163, only to get their butts kicked. In 1999, I think they lost like 90 some games, so they weren't <laughs> even close to the postseason. Oh man, the life of being a Cubs fan, man. That's yeah. Insane. 
Absolutely. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we have to cut this short because we are out of time. Uh, Cody, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, had a real good time with you tonight. Yeah, man. If you ever need anyone to come on and talk, I'm always available. Just let me know. Absolutely, man. A reminder, you could check out Cubby's Crib at cubbyscrib.com. You could also check out this podcast, Climbing the Ivy, on iTunes.com. Be sure to check out Cubby's Crib on Twitter as well. They post all the content from Cubby's Crib. So until next time, he's Cody. I'm Alex. Have a great night and go Cubs.